Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. Today we continue our prayer series entitled Understanding Prayer, Understanding God. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 10. And as we're turning there in Daniel chapter 10, we're in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia. And Daniel has completed a 21-day fast, and then he receives a supernatural vision. And Daniel is overwhelmed by the vision that he's received and by what he's feeling during that time. He loses all his strength, the Bible tells us. He becomes very weak. He falls into a deep sleep, and he's laid out on the floor with his face to the ground. And then suddenly he's awakened by verse number 10 of Daniel chapter 10. Suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Today I want to speak to you about prayer and spiritual warfare. Prayer and spiritual warfare. Holy Spirit, I come against every distraction, Lord, in this place, and I pray, Lord, that our minds and our hearts would be attentive to hear what your Spirit is saying to us today as we speak about prayer and spiritual warfare. We thank you for this series that we're in. We thank you, Lord, that your word is life, that your word is truth. We love it and we embrace it. And we worship you now by inclining our ear to hear what your spirit is saying this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. So again, today I want to speak to you about prayer and spiritual warfare. Why do I connect uh, spiritual warfare with prayer? And what does spiritual warfare have to do with prayer? Well, number one, Satan does not want you to pray. Satan does not want you to pray. And if there was ever a man who walked on the face of the earth who did not need to pray, then it would have been Jesus. If there ever was a man who existed who didn't need to pray, then it would have been 
Jesus, yet even Jesus deemed it necessary to pray. Not just as an example for you and I. Not just as an example. But he too needed the man, Christ Jesus, needed to pray. So then if Christ needed to pray, then you do too. Now listen, uh, a man communicates clearly and loudly by the things that he does and by the things that he does not do. A man communicates clearly. Satan does not want you to pray. Why? Because Satan knows something about prayer that perhaps you don't know yourself. You must ask yourself, why does Satan, why does he not want me to pray? And why is it so hard for me to pray? Why do I struggle to pray? Christians all over the world would attest that the, the most difficult thing for them to do is to pray. All over the world, Christians struggle with, with prayer. Whether it's because of not having time, which is an excuse that I don't believe, but not having time, or being distracted, you can't focus, or you have no desire, but Christians struggle all over the world with praying. So there must be a, a great reward in prayer why Satan does not want us to pray. Now prayer is not only about asking the Lord for stuff. It's not just about asking for things, asking for stuff, but it's about enjoying the presence of the Lord, blessing His name and listening to His voice. So prayer is not just about asking for things, but it's about enjoying His presence. Not only does Satan not want you to pray, but your flesh also has no desire to pray. And your flesh has no desire for the things of God. There is a, a war that you and I are in with the enemy. A spiritual battle, a spiritual war. But there's also a war that we're in with our own flesh. And the, and the flesh, the, the spirit desires to pray and the spirit wants to pray 24-7. Your spirit desires to pray 24-7. Your spirit is, is hungry and thirsty for the things of God. But your flesh wants to do anything else but pray 24-7. And your flesh will not permit you to pray if you allow it to. Now, whichever one is stronger, that one you will be led and controlled by. Whatever is stronger. So you have to crucify then the flesh radically. And, and a good, good, practical, spiritual and biblical way to subdue the flesh is through fasting. It's a, it's a very practical um, and, and biblical and spiritual way for you to subdue that flesh is through fasting. Fasting will break the will of the flesh. Someone say that. Say, fasting will break the will of the flesh. It will break the will of the flesh. So, what does spiritual warfare have to do with prayer? Well, Satan doesn't want you to pray, 
So he'll fight you in the area, number one. Number two, Satan doesn't want your prayers to be answered. We spoke about unanswered prayers already, and I gave you ten reasons why your prayers are unanswered. So if you do pray, then Satan wants you to engage in the things that will not permit your prayers to be answered. And what are those things? Satan wants you to live a sinful lifestyle full of iniquity. He wants you to have a sinful heart. He wants you to be in your flesh when you pray and have selfish motives. These are the things that we covered already. He wants you to not have bold faith and to be in unbelief. Satan wants you to have a disregard for God's word and a disregard for the poor and the oppressed. He wants you to mistreat your wife and to harbor unforgiveness. These are the things that we spoke about because Satan knows that these things will not cause your prayers to be answered. So Satan wants you to be engaged in these things. And then whenever your prayers are not answered, what happens? Satan comes to you and tells you lies about God. And that's why I extensively went over the, the biblical reasons for unanswered prayers. Because you guys are, are praying and God's not listening and then Satan comes and tells you lies about why the Lord isn't answering your prayers and that he doesn't care for you and that he doesn't love you and whatever other lies he chooses to tell you. So the, the majority of what we spoke about regarding unanswered prayer had nothing to do with the Lord. But it was mostly to do with you. There was only one thing that had nothing to do with you and it was on the Lord and that was you praying not according to God's will. Doesn't matter how much faith you have, doesn't matter how, how spiritual you are, you're doing all the right things, but if you pray and it's not His will, then He won't answer. So only one thing was on Him, not according to God's will. So today I want you to be aware simply of two things. Number one, that you are in a war. Very simple. Today I want you to be aware of two things, that number one, you are in a war. And number two, that the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. Amen? You are in a war, number one, and number two, the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. And this morning, I pray that through the scriptures, your eyes will be open to see behind the curtain or the veil into the spiritual realm. In Daniel 10, 12 through 14, we get unveiled information of what was happening in the spirit realm when Daniel prayed. Let's look at that text again, Daniel 10, 12 through 14. I've given you a little context already. Verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself 
before your God, your words were heard. In other words, your prayer was heard. And I have come because of your words. Your prayers cause a reaction and your prayers cause a response. And I have come because of your words. From the first day, it says here, your words were heard. So, so God responded to Daniel's prayer the very moment that he made his request known to him. And Daniel has been in, in fervent and, and, and intentional prayer for three full weeks, the Bible tells us in Daniel 10 and verse 2. For three full weeks, which is 21 days. He's been in fervent and intentional prayer. I have come because of your words. Look at that. I have come because of your words. Now, we cannot pass this over lightly. The Bible is crystal clear here that an angel was dispatched because of Daniel's prayer. That's no light thing. The Bible is clear. An angel was dispatched because of Daniel's prayer. Prayer makes a difference. Can you guys say that? Prayer makes a difference. And it causes a reaction and a response in the spirit realm. When you pray, things begin to, to move in the spirit realm when you begin to pray. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. 21 days. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. This is what you don't see when you pray. What's going on behind the scenes. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. This prince of the kingdom of Persia was not a man, but some kind of evil, angelic being. We know that because the angel needed help, the Bible says, against him. The angel needed help against this being, and also because we know this being opposed the word of God that was coming to Daniel. So it was some kind of evil, angelic being. The, the word prince has the idea of a ruler or authority. And this also fits well with the New Testament truth that, the, that there are angelic ranks. That there's, there's order. And there's hierarchy. Ephesians 1, 21 says this, which he worked in Christ, well, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. So it speaks about principalities and powers and mights and dominions. Ephesians 6 and verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it's speaking of 
ranks. Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So Colossians 1.16 tells us about the, the visible realm and there's an invisible realm. There's both the visible and the invisible. Just like how we have a structure in the visible, there is a structure in the invisible. God has structure, but so does the, the forces of darkness. There is a structure. And even, even among Satan and his works, there is order. For a house divided against itself cannot stand, whatever way you look at that. So even there, there is order. So this demonic entity in Daniel chapter 10 was apparently one of the high-ranking angelic beings that opposed the answer to prayer. Three times Jesus referred to Satan as the prince of this world. In John 12, 31, John 14, 30, and John 16, 11. Let's look at the word here, withstood me, or the phrase, withstood me 21 days. Withstood me 21 days. I think it's interesting that the angel was dispatched immediately and that Daniel's period of prayer and sacrifice and his prayer and self-denial and his prayer and fasting was a period of 21 days. So while Daniel is praying and fasting for 21 days, he's praying here in this world and in this realm and in that realm, in the spiritual realm, there's a war and there's a battle taking place. And Daniel is, is praying through that. As Daniel is praying and fasting, here, there's a whole nother thing happening behind the curtain. So it's interesting that he's praying and fasting for 21 days. And it was 21 days that this battle was going on in the spirit realm. The correlation between Daniel's time of self-denial and prayer, again, 21 days. I think that it's no coincidence also that the angel came on the 21st day. And I don't know, but, but I wonder if Daniel was praying and fasting it and he, I don't know, and he stopped early. I have no idea, but I, but I wonder if he would have still received his, his answer. And the Bible has a lot to say about persistence in prayer and praying through. The Bible, ha the Bible has a lot to say about that. But it's no coincidence that it was 21 days and then his breakthrough came. Verse 14, now I have come to make you understand... Now I have come to make you understand. This is answered prayer. The answer to his prayer came. Now I have come to make you understand 
what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. The, the prince of Persia here desired to impede the divine oracle but was unsuccessful because of the position that Daniel took to go to war in fasting and prayer. He was unsuccessful because of the position and the stance that Daniel took in fasting and in prayer. Amen? Let's turn to Revelation 12 real quick. Revelation 12, 7 through 17. And war broke out in heaven. You've heard me mention this before, but that, that verse gets me every time. That, that war broke out where? The place of perfect peace. The place where God's presence dwells in its fullness. And the Bible says war broke out in heaven. And you kind of have to just say la there for a moment. War broke out where? And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Amen. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Church, it is 
imperative that you know and that you understand that you are in the middle of not just a battle but a war. And if war could break out in heaven, I promise you that war can break out in your home, that war can break out in your life, that war can break out on earth. War broke out in heaven. And you are in the middle of a spiritual war. I want you to understand that. I want you, I want you to hear that and I want you to take that in. You are currently right now in the middle of a spiritual war. That is a fact and that is the truth. Whether you want to be engaged in this war or not is irrelevant. Whether you choose to be in this war or not is irrelevant. You're in it. Whether you believe you're in it or not is irrelevant. You're in it. And it is a war, not just a battle, because after this battle there will be another, and then another, and then another, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. So you are in the middle of a spiritual war, and what makes you a candidate for this war? Being born. What makes you a candidate for this war that you're currently in is being born. And if you're not engaged in this war, my friend, then guess what? You're losing. If you're not actively engaged in this spiritual battle, in this spiritual war that we're in, then you are losing. It's the truth. You're made in the image and in the, and in the likeness of God, in His image and His likeness. Every human being born of woman is made in God's image and God's likeness. And Satan hates you because he hates God. And you are a reminder to Satan of God and his love for you. You are a reminder of that. Satan is anti-God. Therefore, he's anti-creation. Therefore, he's anti Life, because only God can create life. Satan cannot create life. So he wants to destroy it. And if he cannot destroy life, then he will distort it. That's his mission and that's his goal. You see, Satan is, is, is passionate about abortion. Because he's anti-God. God is the giver of life. So Satan wants to destroy it. It's that simple. 
And nothing just, nothing just happens in this world or in this realm. Nothing just, nothing's just happening. But it's, but it's all happening because of the spirit realm. When you see certain laws that take effect, don't think that it's a natural thing. Don't ever think that it's natural, but it's spiritual. And it's supernatural. Nothing can just manifest here. It first needs to happen in the spirit realm, and then it comes here. We are manipulated by the spirit realm. In the same way that the spirit manipulates the physical body, so the spirit realm manipulates the physical realm. The only reason why I can walk around right now and move is because there's a spirit in me. And once this spirit leaves my body, I'm nothing but a rag, a piece of flesh on the ground. That's it. This physical body can do nothing without the spirit and the life that's in it. So in the same way that the spirit within me manipulates this shell is in the same way that the spirit realm manipulates the physical realm. Nothing just happens here. Are you following me? So Satan couldn't destroy you, obviously, so his next goal is to make you ineffective. It's to distort your life and distract you with everything else in this world except God. We're soldiers in a battle. We're soldiers in a war. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it's spiritual. Our weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That is our greatest weapon in this War. God's word spoken rightfully and intentionally in prayer. That's where we go to battle. That's where we go to war. It is in prayer. Our victory is in Christ, absolutely. But our victory is in our communion with Him and our fellowship with Him. Because it's in that place that He will give us strength for the battle and ultimately strength for the war. It's, it's in prayer, I'm telling you, that I see most clearly. It's in prayer that I hear most clearly. It, it's in prayer that I can taste and see that the Lord is good. It's in prayer that I see the goodness of the Lord. It, it's, it's in prayer. It's in prayer that I'm most strong. It's where I'm, I'm refreshed and revived. It's where I'm grounded. Prayer is the anchor for the soul. Are you drifting? Are you drifting? Prayer is the anchor for the soul. Are you drifting? We have no anchor. 
and no captain at the helm. There is no substitute for prayer. Can you say that? There is no substitute for prayer. And when you stop praying, you have given up on your spiritual life. And there are a few things that you are saying when you stop praying. This is what you're saying. You're ultimately saying, Lord, I don't, I don't need you. And I have no desire to commune with you. You would never say that audibly, but that's what you're, that's what you're communicating. You're ultimately saying, Lord, I don't need you and I have no desire to commune with you. You tell God that you can run your life yourself and that you're the captain of your own ship and that you are strong within yourself. You tell the Lord that you can handle your own warfare. You tell the Lord that Christ needed to pray, but I don't. And you tell the Lord that all the commands in Scripture to pray mean absolutely nothing to you. It actually takes a certain level of pride not to pray. It actually takes a certain level of pride not to pray. And this is something that we do not only when we feel like it. This is the difference between the spiritually mature and the immature. The, the immature, they, they pray when they, when they feel like it, which is, which is rare. But it's when they, when they feel like praying. They only pray when they feel like it. But the spiritually mature has nothing to do with their feelings. They pray when they're tired. They pray when they've had a long day at work and they come home. They have no excuses for not praying. And even when they don't feel like praying, they still do because they understand the importance of the presence of the Lord. They understand where their strength and their help comes from. They have a certain level of humility that they cannot do this thing alone. This is the spiritually mature. Let me read uh, 2 Kings 6 and then we'll begin to, to close up here. In 2 Kings chapter 6, the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he was planning a surprise attack against God's people. This is the context. But there was a man of God and a prophet by the name of Elisha, and he would reveal to the king of Israel what the strategies and the, and the plans of the king of Syria was. So everything that the king of, of Syria would plot against the king of Israel, Elisha the prophet would reveal it to the king of Israel. So the king of Israel... So the king of Syria was frustrated against Elijah, Elisha, because he was told, one of his men told him, because he thought that he had maybe uh, someone who was betraying him in his army. And one of his men told him, said, um, said, King, the things that you speak 
quietly in your bedroom, the prophet, the man of God, he, he reveals your secrets. So the king of Syria, he's, he's mad now against Elisha. So he sends an army to go and get Elisha. And they surround the city where Elisha is staying. And Elisha's servant comes out and he sees the city surrounded by a great army. And he's afraid. So verse 16 is Elisha's response to him. So they're coming to get Elisha. Verse 16, so he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Amen. So he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I love this. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And someone say, he saw. He saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What a great sight. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Man, what would happen if our eyes were opened? And that we could see how God fights for us in the spirit realm. This was just, this is what happens all the time. And Elisha knew it without seeing it. He knew it. But he said, Lord, could you just open, open his eyes for a moment and let him see? And the Lord opened his eyes and he could see horses and chariots and an army that was fighting for them. And he said, there are more for us than those who are against us. There are more for us than those who are against us. And this is my, this is my prayer for you. that you would not be so connected to this, this physical realm and that you would know that when you're praying and even when you're not praying, things are happening in the spirit realm. And the way that we tackle those things and deal with those things is in prayer. So I, I pray that your eyes would be open. And that's why when I pray the, the Ephesian prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm praying what? That, that your eyes will be opened. What, what Elisha prayed for his servant, that's what I pray for you often. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 through 23. 
And I pray that the Lord would open your eyes and that you would see. As we conclude here, I'm going to skip some stuff for sake of time. But in my conclusion, Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore and having done all to stand stand for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers etc that verse is simply saying that we do not wrestle in the physical realm with physical beings but we do wrestle in the spiritual realm with spiritual beings. I wanted you to know today, number one, that you are in a war, and number two, that the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. So I pray that you grasp that truth today and that reality. And I hope and I pray that you would be intentionally engaged in this war. Because if not, like I said, you are losing. So I pray that you would be engaged in this war. I pray that you would get alone with God. If you've been out of your prayer closet, that you would get back in it. That you would get back into that place. I want you to get back in the, in the fight. Get back to what God has called you to do. I, I pray today that you would not hear these words, you who are here and you who are online, and just go along your week as normal. But I pray that you have a plan after today to make sure that you are intentionally engaged in this war and that you are praying. Again, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. And they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds in our lives in our families, in our city, in our nation. Prayer. Amen. Amen. I will that all men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands.
First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. Let's stand up, please. Bow your heads, please. There is no substitute, my friends, for prayer. Not preaching, not teaching, not witnessing to the lost, not scripture reading, not memorizing scripture. These are all good things that we should do. And I encourage you always to do. But none of these things are substitutes for prayer. Why well, I read the word. None of these things are substitute. There is no substitute for prayer. Prayer binds up the devil and opens the gates of heaven. And prayer will carry you higher. And Satan will fight against your prayer life with discouragement, with keeping you too busy, with distractions, and with false doctrine. And when you stop praying, you've become weary and doing good. And you're saying, I give up. And you're telling Satan that he can have his way with you. I pray that you will make no excuses for not praying today. And when you pray, there are things that happen. Your soul will be refreshed. Your perspective will change. You shift from a carnal perspective of the here and now and your mindset adjusts to the eternal perspective. When you pray, your need and your desire for Him will increase. And you will see Him answer prayer. And God has designed it where we can pray 24-7. Your legs may be taken away from you, but you can still pray. Your arms may be taken away from you, but you can still pray. Your tongue may even be taken away from you, but you can still pray. You can pray from a physical battlefield. You can pray from a jail cell. That's the way that God's designed it. Well, you can pray and nothing can stop you from praying if you want to pray. Nothing and no one can stop you from praying if you desire to pray. So again, may we make no excuses for not praying. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we are in a spiritual war, a spiritual battle. But we thank you that we are not alone, but that you are with us. And thank you that you have destroyed and disarmed principalities and powers. And that in you we have the victory. Thank you that in you we have the victory. But you call us as soldiers of yours to engage in this battle and to fight.
So Lord, may we be good soldiers. We know that a soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of this life, but that he is committed to his commander. May we be committed to you. May we follow you. May we hear what you say and do it. And Father, right now I do, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against any stronghold that may have attached itself to any individual in this room or online that does not permit them to pray. Every time they pray, there are distractions. They, they struggle to pray. They cannot pray. I pray for freedom today in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would set them free today. That you would set their minds and hearts free today, that they would be free to pray and to call upon your name and to fellowship in your presence. So wherever they were bound, in the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against them. And I thank you for complete freedom. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that this is where we war, that this is where we receive the victory, that we don't deal with the affairs of this world the way that the world does, but we have insight. So we deal with it from a different place, from a place of trusting you and from a place of faith and from, from, and from a place of, of prayer and calling upon you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for freedom. And we thank you, Lord, that we choose to engage in this battle. Thank you that greater are you who's in us than he who's in the world. We give this time to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.